What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James A. Janice. I'm Chelsea Rebecca, and we're a boyfriend and girlfriend, and we like to get scared together. Yeah, we do. <laughs> today, what are we doing today, Chelsea? Today, we're reviewing Annabelle, uh, released in 2014, I believe. Yep, that's the year. Yeah. That's the year. Annabelle is a spin-off prequel yeah. to The Conjuring. Yes. The Conjuring, which came out the year before, right? That 20, sounds right. 2013? Mm-hmm. Yes, it, yeah, yes, that's right. I do have a cheat sheet on my screen. I also have a cheat sheet with my notes in hand. Got lots of notes uh, on this movie. Uh, you're shaking your head. I am. It, it's weird because at first, you know, I was getting ready to shoot this and I was worried that I wouldn't have a lot to say about Annabelle. But no, I have a lot to say oh, about Annabelle. we have a Annabelle. lot to say about this movie. <laughs> Especially because, so we went into this. This is our first time seeing this movie. We just watched it. Uh, its reputation precedes it as a bad movie. I've also heard that its sequel is really good. I haven't seen it yet. Neither of us have. Yeah. Uh, we've both seen the first Conjuring and enjoyed it. It's been a long time for me, though. I really liked the first Conjuring. Yeah, we only saw it the one time. I think in theaters. Yes. And so the details are kind of hazy for me because it's been five years now. God. Uh, neither of us have seen the sequel, and you refuse to. I no fuck that because the nun. She can go fuck herself. <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. So you're not going to see the nun when it comes I'm out sure, this year? No, fuck that. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see the the second Conjuring eventually, mm-hmm. just because I like the first one so much, and I always like seeing Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Doing stuff. I like him. But uh, yeah, fuck that nun. Yeah. Fuck that nun. So I guess this is part of the Conjuring cinematic universe. Uh, but it sounds like this movie is the worst of the bunch so far. And I believe it. Yeah, it was not good. This is not a good movie. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't hate it until the end. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of things to say about that ending, I think. That's the, that's the thing is that, like, for 30 minutes into this movie, I was like, wait, this, is, this isn't this is awful. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it was 30 minutes into the movie and nothing had really yeah. happened. It. So just to put it in perspective, about an hour and 15 minutes into this, a character says, but wait, I don't understand the connection between the doll and everything that's been going on. And both me and James yelled, we don't either. Yeah, there is no fucking reason for this doll to be in this movie. It's why I had a suspicion that it was maybe a we bought the rights to the script and put Annabelle in it, but I don't think it was. I, I think it's think just a weird script. It's written by Gary Dauberman, who mm. also wrote all these Conjuring uh, movies. So weird. I, what happened? I don't know, because he also co-wrote It, yeah, chapter and, one, and yeah. is uh, hard at work on chapter two, or maybe it's done. No, he's probably still working on it. Don't mess it up, Gary. Yeah. I mean, besides this, it looks like he's got a pretty good track record. I don't know what happened here. Yeah. I don't know. He, like, fell asleep writing this script, dude. I just always blame the studio. (laughs) If there's something that's a one-off terrible thing on someone's 
filmography. I don't know though, because what studio would be like, yeah, make it more boring. That's true. This movie's more family drama. This movie's fucking boring, it dude. It is, yeah. And there's just no fucking reason for that doll. There's none. There's uh, absolutely no reason for there to be a doll. I guess it we'll, just there happens to be a doll. Yeah, I guess we'll get into it. This movie also just lifts so many things from other movies. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about and that. And from real life events. Uh, I guess let's just fucking let's get into it, let's man. Let's fucking go. Let's uh, yeah, so it starts shit. with a title card about dolls and about dolls. Oh, out. dolls throughout history. Mm-hmm. People collect them and, and <laughs> kids, kids love like them. them and demons use them. Oh, shit. For conduits into the, our realm. One or of something. the things in that set was not like the others. Yeah. Then there's an Annabelle. <laughs> it seems like an Annabelle support group or something. How did you end up with it? It was a gift from my mom for my birthday. I don't know where she got it, but we are beyond terrified. I, you know what? I think that they're supposed to be talking to Ed and Lorraine Warren at the beginning yeah. of this. We went back and rewatched this opening scene after the movie because it's used as a framing device and it's so fucking pointless the i think the only reason it's there is to be like hey conjuring yeah ed and lorraine i mean they they mention ed and lorraine uh the priest mentions them yeah, the but priest barely. is on his goddamn way to their house when he gets annabelle yeah. and yeah you don't need this i know you don't need this i know <laughs> that you know what that's a thing studio note that could be studio. I don't know. Because I mean, think about how this? easy it, it would have been to shoot those two beginning and end scenes and just plop them in there. Yeah, because the beginning is these two uh, girls who mentioned that they're nurses. They like to help people. And they're saying, like, this doll that they have is, like, messing with people. And, yeah, it's uh, we assume they're talking to Ed and Lorraine. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, it's Annabelle. Zooming on Annabelle. And then the movie starts. And then the last scene is a woman buying Annabelle from a pawn shop or whatever saying, oh, my granddaughter's a nurse. She'll love this doll. So, cool. Yeah, so the the lady at the end gives Annabelle to one of the girls who's in this, like, therapy meeting with the Warrens at the beginning. Nothing that happens in that opening scene informs the rest of the movie or is necessary to understand the rest of the movie or even, like, teases anything. Because all they say is, like, it started with little stuff. It would move by itself. Yeah, we're we fucking expect that going into this movie. Yeah. It's a movie about a haunted doll. Yeah. Haunted, maybe, not really, possessed, kinda. We we, bas- we don't ever see that doll move by itself. We see it once. We see it, it yeah, it levitates oh, it floats, that one time. But that's not even it moving by itself. Fucking it's being lifted up. There's no reason for that. It sits up. I think you were writing notes. It sat, it sat up sat before up. that and then levitated. Whatever. Whatever. I want to see this. I mean, I think I want this to be too much like a Chucky movie, but I want to see this thing running around. Well, this movie. Stabbing people's knees. The director, John R. Leonetti, is uh, a cinematographer by trade, and his first movie as cinematographer. That's right. Child's Play 3. Child's Play 3. And there's at least one reference in this because they wind up, are they living in that building? I think it's, I don't know if they're living in it. I think it's there. just a establishing shot of the city, but there's a, a building with a giant neon sign that says Barclay on it. Yeah. And, that's, and a, that's a reference to Andy Barclay of the Child's Play series. Yep. Great. Cool. But this isn't Child's Play. 
This is fucking Annabelle. Uh, the movie starts proper. Also, shit, that is one dirty fucking doll. She looks it's like a disgusting. coal miner doll. It's so gross. It looks like she was <laughs> down yeah. in the mines. Because what? Real Annabelle. Real I'm Annabelle is a raggedy Ann doll. Just a rag- Those a, are creepy too, though. There's a real Annabelle. It's just a fucking doll <laughs> yeah. that sits in a glass case. <laughs> and they the Warrens have it blessed <laughs> twice a day. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's just, that, it's just a fountain of money for the Warrens. Are both Warrens alive? Uh, Lorraine is alive. Has Ed, Ed passed? Has passed. I'm w- sure they speak together still all oh, the time. Oh, I know. I bet. I bet Ed is, is like a straight up poltergeist doing yeah. stuff. I would love to go visit their museum. D- yeah. I don't want to give them money, though. I do. These I don't care. charlatans. She's old. It's oh, fine. Oh, okay. So is Henry Kissinger. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Henry so- Kissinger doesn't have a museum of haunted dolls. <laughs> He's got a museum of haunted something i know i was gonna say haunted conscience i'm sorry lorraine i didn't mean to compare you to war criminal henry kissinger yeah yeah yeah. lorraine we yeah we you're still a charlatan though yeah yeah yeah. uh so (laughs) we get to one year earlier and we're in church with a (laughs) there's a shot of our heroes uh john and mia and because we don't know what this movie's tone is yet, watching this. So both of us thought that the weird look they were giving you, I thought. <laughs> I thought someone was getting hand stuff. We both did. I thought there was hand their stuff hand, going their on. Their arms kind of moving around. We thought opposite stuff. Oh yeah, I thought he was getting hand stuff, and you I thought, thought she, was, she getting was getting hand, hand stuff. You know what? Could be both. They sure. That's called. I wonder, that's called Jack and Jilling. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> is it really? I think so. <laughs> I wonder if in a movie, so you know how something is rated R if you use fuck in like a sexual way? Oh, yeah. But you can say it a certain amount of times if you're like, fuck that, you mm-hmm. know? Do you think it changes a movie's rating if both people are giving and receiving hand stuff and it's not just one? Hmm. I feel like hand stuff is pretty just cut and dry. Yeah. Which is a horrible way to describe hand stuff. I was gonna say you don't want (laughs) you don't want dry hand stuff. No, but they're not Uh, doing hand stuff. They're just touching on her. Oh, they're thumb wrestling. Are they really? Yeah, because he goes, "I won." Oh, that's cute. I thought they were just feeling on her pregnant belly. No, they're thumb wrestling. Oh, that's cute. That's the thing. We can say right up top. Yes, Mia and John form are great. They're great. We love the main couple. They are the the saving grace of this movie. Honestly, yes. If they weren't so likable this would be an unwatchable film yeah Yeah. uh funnily enough it's funnily a word yeah it always feels so weird when i say it mia is played by a woman named annabelle annabelle wallace which is pretty funny john is played by uh ward horton who it looks like doesn't have a lot of credits to you his name. You said he was a stuntman, right? Wikipedia lists him as a stunt Dude, performer. he's great in this. He's very likable. They're both very likable. I believe them as a couple. I think their chemistry is really good. It's it's something that is such a positive to this movie. It yes. Would, yeah, like I said, it would be genuinely unwatchable if they yeah. weren't so cute together. But I do like how this is... Oh, so it's set in 1967. It's a period piece. It's the 60s. It's like 67? That's what it says on Wikipedia. Cause they have the Manson murders happening. I, I'm not a Manson. Uh, I think they're a little too early. I don't know. I'm not a Manson expert like you are. I mean, whatever. Go ahead. They have this like public persona 
that we see them put on when they're talking to their neighbors or other people. That's very, very proper, mm-hmm. very uh, 60s, like Mad Men type, mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to. And yeah, then when keep they're up de- with the Joneses. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then when they're together in person, it's cool because you can see them let that, that veneer be gone and they're much more real to each other. Mm-hmm. It's also such a relief to have a husband character who believes the wife. <gasps> Holy that is shit. something uh, that stood out to me as something I liked. They, the whole movie, are supportive of each other. They love each other. He doesn't belittle her. They, I, I liked their relationship. It's a great relationship. And I, I wrote down in my notes that, um, and this is before we even got to know him, really. Mm-hmm. So this is like the first 10 minutes. I was like, you know, he seems like a really nice husband. But you then did. again, my standards for 1960s husbands in movies are very low. Yeah. <laughs> but he's really good. He's like, um, like if, if you watch Mad Men, he's like a Ken Cosgrove. Like oh, you want to be married to Ken because he'll treat you right. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny's a sweet boy. Only John keeps both his eyes. Oh. Spoiler. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So they're great. Yep. I like them. I hope they watch this. <laughs> someone email it to them yeah someone email uh ward horton that's a good name. that's a madman name like you for know? real yeah ward horton yeah that's uh so that's the best part of this movie like we said these two and their relationship yep i will give credit to both i mean most of the credit to the actors because they're just so goddamn likable do Every actor in this does their best with the script, including the baby. There, this is good baby <laughs> you acting. Were very impressed I by was this baby very. Acting. Oh, that baby's really cute. So the the main couple has a baby, and her name's Leon. She's so cute. It's a good baby. Yep. After church, me and John talk to their neighbors, their next door neighbors, Sharon and Pete. <sighs> okay, so this. Well, here, I'll lead into it because so they have their little neighborly 60s conversation. Ha ha ha. And then they each go back to their houses. And then uh, so this is not a very subtle moment when they go to the house because they get home and John left the door unlocked. And Mia's like, you can't do that anymore. The the world it's has a changed. Different world. It's a different world. And I immediately said, "Yeah, it's Manson times. Yeah, can't leave your door unlocked." And it cuts straight to Manson murders on TV. Yes, the, the family. Manson family's on TV. So my immediate reaction to this was, "Well, this isn't subtle at all." But I gotta say, I'm I'm comparing this to Mad Men, which yeah. is like the pinnacle of period you pieces. Can't com- baby, you can't compare you, this. You to can't Mad compare Men. a 90 minute movie you to seven any, seasons. Of, anything to even even costume and hair wise, you can't. You can't. That's the thing is, you said that these hairstyles look too modern. They look a way bit, too modern. But you can't, baby. This doesn't have <laughs> Matthew Weiner on it telling people to return apples back to the store because they're too big to be late 1960s apples because fruit wasn't that big that's a that's a true thing that's a true thing you don't have him on this movie you can't you can't do that to annabelle i'm sorry i'm sorry annabelle (laughs) uh but just like the the tone uh the themes i guess of it's a changing world which Mad Men explored because it takes place throughout the entire this decade of the 60s. Oh my gosh. I just want to watch Don't, We Mad can't, we I'm can't sorry, start talking about Mad Men. But, Mad uh, Men is maybe our favorite show. Yeah. Um, it's the best. So immediately I'm like, well, this isn't subtle, but I'll, I'll forgive it that because it's a movie. It's got to get to the point. That's fine. Yeah. 
Oh, also not subtle nod to the Mansons. Their next door neighbor's name is Sharon. That's the thing is it starts to get real. And oh, God. So the main <laughs> character's name, if you didn't catch this. And I, I only picked up on it once the two main characters moved to a luxury apartment building. With her with baby. With her baby. That's being chased by a, a demon. devil. A demon devil. The two main characters' names are Mia and John after Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes, who were the leads in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, this movie takes so much. Uh, their neighbor's last name, Sharon and Pete, are is Higgins. And Higgins, which I would just consider that a coincidence uh, in any other movie, but with everything else that this movie is nodding to and, and lifting from, that's got to be Friday the 13th Part 3, Chrissy Higgins, Higgins Haven, it's a map on the game. It's I, I just am going to say, yes, that was intentional. Uh, but yeah, they mentioned that Sharon and Pete lost their daughter two years ago to hippies. This, this movie does not have a very favorable view of 60s counterculture because that daughter ends up coming back and murdering the neighbors so yeah so the the neighbor's daughter named annabelle it's annabelle yeah okay so okay the neighbor's daughter annabelle higgins annabelle higgins who's a grown-ass lady she is i mean she's probably like what like 19 yeah i mean she is like a rough 19 because she looks nasty. <laughs> well, it's hard to that tell under all lifestyle. that. commune lifestyle. Yeah. You know what? We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry, because we forgot. Uh, well, one, there's just a lot of exposition laid out when the, the when John continuously says, I'm very stressed out at work. Uh, you know I'm a doctor, honey. I'm a doctor in residency, and I'm stressed at yes. residency. Yes, yes, he yes. He says this many times. But then he's like, uh, there's something I want to give you. That's right. And she's like, last time you said that, I wound up pregnant. Yeah. Uh, that, got, that got a chuckle. Yeah. That's, that's okay. And it, it's another thing that's like, oh, these two are fun. That's I, fun. I do like them a lot. I will keep reiterating that. They're very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, so John comes in with this giant box. It's a huge box. Immediately, all I could think of again was, oh my God, it's a fucking good guy doll. Yeah. It's like in every Chucky movie where it's like, you got this in the mail, this three foot tall box. Yeah. Only this is even bigger. It's, it's like a, big. It's like a great guy doll. It is great. huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Annabelle. It's Annabelle. It's Annabelle. And it's like a rare thing. Mia is psyched to get this doll. Oh my God, John. That's the one, right? Where did you find her? I mean, do you know how long I've been looking? I know. <laughs> I'd completely lost hope. Yeah, and someone else says that later so on. The, the lady at the end buying it for the two nurses. It's not explained. No, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming, here's my guess. I think Annabelle looks like kind of an older style doll. Like the dress she has on looks maybe. Well, like 19th 40s. century kind of? Oh, no, oh, even, okay. just, you know, like a few decades earlier. So I mm. wonder if it's just. Give either, us a line. Either a collector doll or maybe something that was like what she always wanted as a little girl. I wish we could know. Yeah. Because I don't know why you would want this doll. Yeah. It's, it's very it's scary. It's a weird <laughs> thing to say because I guess they're trying to justify why she would want this creepy fucking looking doll. Yeah. And so they say, oh, I've been, I've wanted this for so long. Give us a reason why give you us, wanted it for I so long. I think the reason they give us is, is her whole nursery where they're gonna keep the baby where the baby's gonna sleep (laughs) (laughs) the nursery where they're gonna have the baby 
has all these dolls everywhere. I think it's just she's a doll collector, so and that's many that. Fucking dolls, man. I, I think everyone in their life knows. Every white person, at least, knows a, a older woman. <laughs> no, who I think I think I think the think doll thing crosses race? racial boundaries. I'm pretty Let sure. Let us know, actually, because I actually please. my my ex uh, has a had a black mom, has a black mom and a white dad. Pretty sure her mom collected dolls too. Really, my mom collected dolls. My mom did not. Lucky. Yeah. They're awful. The year I went to. My mom collects Swarovski figurines, those little crystal. Oh, okay. Little crystal swans. The year I (laughs) had to live with my mom after college while I saved up money to come out here, I just remember sleeping in a room with a bunch of dolls. Yeah. Didn't like it. My friend's mom was the doll mom. Oh, the doll mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So she's a doll lady. She's got a bunch of dolls. Annabelle's now part of her dolls, and yeah, we can get back to the murder. The okay. Mer- there. Yeah, it's a very cool shot. It is. Here's the thing. This is the tragedy of Annabelle. There's some good scares in this. I would say. And there's some cool things. I would say in this. there are some good scares. There's some. I I might even call them great scares. But you could probably count them on one hand. Yes, which I, sucks. Yeah. But there's some there's some really cool framing devices for scares, and these are these are scares that I always appreciate. Where they're not necessarily jump scares; they they're just are, they use but... framing in such a cool way that the way that your eye is drawn to certain things on the screen is like what makes them scary. Yeah. Um, like there we see the thing, this demon much later in the movie in the stairwell and it's not even a jump scare it just kind of cuts and this thing is in the stairwell and we just hang on the shot of this creepy thing sitting there for a while. And that yeah. kind of just made my stomach drop. Like you this know? movie makes me want to do like a scare count series because I could name the five coolest scares and rank them from this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because and this and this murder one might be number two or three. It's good. I have my number one. Do you one want to describe out. how? Yeah. So it's it, we're in their room at night. They're sleeping, and the camera like pans from uh from them sleeping. Me and, and John. Uh, John sleeping in bed and looks out the bedroom window, and you see through the window into the neighbor's house. This is uh, through their window. And then, like, it's just this chill shot for a while. And then, oh, don't you see the wife? The wife is in bed sleeping. The neighbor's wife is yep. in bed sleeping? So you see, I think you see Sharon asleep. And then all of a sudden, a, I think a light flips on and the blood just, like, splashes across the wall. Yeah. And the wife sits up in bed and this dude just, like, kind of comes out of the hallway and, like, lunges at her. And I think the lights go off or something. Yeah. It's really cool. It's a great shot. It's yeah. very good. It wakes them up, and uh, they look out the window, and John runs next door to check what the hell is going on. Uh, and then she, like, goes over there, and he jumps out. He, like, busts out the door, and he's all bloody, and he tells her to get an ambulance, call an ambulance. It's another scare when he comes out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think this it's this long tracking shot. It's like a one take it is. of her going back inside That's and right, calling yeah. the police. There's some cool stuff in this movie. I know. It's just that most of it is such a fucking snooze fest. Yeah. But this is a scary moment because uh, while she's calling the police, we see that the uh, Annabelle Higgins, cult daughter of the century, is in the background in her house. Mm-hmm. She walks by, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in the back. Yeah, she walks by in the background. And then it turns out that her boyfriend or just a, a cult dude is also there. And yep, they're in there. 
They're in the house and mm-hmm. they chase after Mia. Mia gets stabbed in the stomach. In the in the, in the pregnant, pregnant belly by the by the cult guy. Which is what happened in real life to Sharon Tate. Yes. Only she was actually murdered. Only. Yeah. We this whole thing Ugh. we were like, this is a very Sharon Tate esque Manson murder kind of. Uh, Here's the thing. Homage. The baby doesn't die. No. Thankfully. But because it doesn't die, why have this? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's just because it's finally seeing this kind of thing on screen, which I'm sure I've seen before. I mean, Game of Thrones. I've seen it on screen before. But especially since this is such a riff on the Manson murders, uh, seeing it on screen and then thinking like, oh, this really happened to Sharon Tate. Yeah. It's so fucked it's up. It's really upsetting. It's upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh if it's not crucial to the plot, I don't know why. I think I it, it I think it was in there just as kind of like a wink wink nudge nudge. And to that's the what it seems murders. like, and that's why it feels kind of exploitive to me. Yeah. It's like it's like, hey, it's just like the Mass even, Murders. You know what? I just realized something. I even said, like, man, if they start writing stuff and blood on the walls, I'm done. And they do. They do. They do. They do. That's after this very long slow mo sequence of uh of me on the ground all all damaged. Yeah. But yeah, the cops get there. They they kill the guy, the cult, the Manson boy. Him. They just shoot him. Yeah. But uh, Manson girl has locked herself in a room. AKA Annabelle. Yeah. Man, human Annabelle. Human Annabelle has locked herself in a room. In the doll room. With with doll Annabelle. She's yes. holding doll she's Annabelle. She's holding doll. I don't know why. I guess doll Annabelle is says, not named Annabelle. No, it's not. Yeah. She says, like, when she first walks in, she's like, I like your dolls. Yeah. And she's holding that doll. Uh, and then blood from human Annabelle. Because she kills herself. I thought the cops maybe killed her. It turns oh. out that they bust into the I door. Thought that, I thought that John, like, bopped her with a vase or something. I, uh, From what I read, she slit her own throat. <clears throat> she murdered her. Or she suicided in that okay. room and then used her blood to, like you said, write a symbol on the wall. Mm-hmm. We'll see that later. But we do see now some of her blood go into Annabelle the doll's eye. Yep. Okay. And magic. Ma- okay, so here's what we have. Here's what we have. We have a porcelain doll. It's going to get complicated. And we have a grown-ass adult woman named Annabelle yeah. who is a cultist who suicided and did some kind of blood magic and then bled into a doll. So you're like, now this doll is Annabelle? Now this doll is Annabelle. But, right? Right? You'd think you that. you think So here, I'm thinking, cool, we're going to get this doll running around. But here's also the thing is that we weren't like cool. For whatever reason, we went into this movie expecting the doll to be possessed by the spirit of a child who had been killed and was wronged and was now unleashing their childlike rage. Yeah, I didn't know world. much about Annabelle. You didn't even think that we were going to follow this couple the whole movie. No, thought- I thought that they were a flashback to some to like okay, here's how this Main character gets the doll. They get it from this couple. Yeah. And this is how preconceptions can definitely affect your enjoyment of a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were expecting this damn doll to be possessed by a wronged child a spirit. A little girl. And instead, at this point, we're like, oh, 
it's in it's it's a gross lady it's a gross cult lady who's in Which this isn't doll as fun to me not not nearly as fun because i don't give a fuck about annabelle higgins she just she joined a cult and killed her parents fuck her yeah and then she's and then she's gonna possess this doll but then we're like the thing that also threw us is so what the fuck is annabelle origins because we know for a fact that there's a human child playing annabelle in that so what the fuck? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Is it like young Annabelle that joins a cult? I hope not. I always got the impression that that movie, the the prequel to this prequel spinoff, Annabelle Creation, I always felt like that was like a period piece, like a 19th century. I don't know. So when they're back at home, there's like a little scare with the rocking chair. This is like the first time that we get the idea that, oh, Annabelle, Annabelle might be possessed. Is haunted. Because she's at home, Mia's at home by herself. She's in another room. She hears the the rocking chair creaking, and I got so mad at this because she. This was a bummer. She's in a room. I think she's sewing because she's using that sewing machine a lot. She hears the rocking chair, and then they show a shot, like tilting up from the ground of the rocking chair and showing Annabelle in this chair rocking. Then Mia comes down the hallway, and in a in a well constructed standard horror shot peers around the corner of the room and the creaking stops right as she sees the chair and the chair is still. Why have that shot of Annabelle in the chair? This is such a better, creepier thing if you just follow Mia and see what she's seeing. You hear the noise. You hear the noise. You see her like go down the hall. You see her peer into the room and then the noise stops right as she sees a very still chair. Chair. Seeing the chair rocking with Annabelle, why include that shot? Yeah. Yep. Agreed. (sighs) Then John's like gonna leave town for a few yeah. days, but he doesn't. Like the night before or something, he was gonna make popcorn. He was gonna make popcorn, but she fell asleep, so he just left the Jiffy Pop thing on the stovetop. Yeah, with the stove off. Yeah. Then I guess the next day he leaves to go he out. Leaves of town. and then Annabelle, I'm assuming, turns the st- all. The- we never see it. Just we don't the stove's see it. The on. stove turns on. Yeah. While while Mia is in the room with the sewing machine, is this when her finger gets all messed yeah, up? This upset me. So Mia is sewing at her sewing machine, which is in her room, and she's watching TV while she's sewing, and she has her fingers so fucking close to where the needle is, which you don't do. There's no reason to have your fingers that close. And I, it's hard to, you can't just watch stuff while you're sewing. It's yeah, really hard. Her eyes are glued to that TV while yeah. she is sewing. That's not going to be And a so what happens is she gets stitch. her fingers too damn close to this needle and the needle punctures her finger and it's gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And it's I can something only imagine. I think about while I'm sewing, but I've never come close to that happening. I think I've hit my nail once. Yeah. And meanwhile, meanwhile, the Jiffy Pop is blowing the fuck up on the stove I'm sorry. Didn't scary movie ruin being able to do this as a thing? Yeah, where it gets gigantic. It's gigantic (laughs) and just like filling the house. Yeah. Tell me your name and I'll tell you mine. I don't think so. What's that noise? Oops. I farted. I I didn't think you would hear me. No, that popping noise. Oh, I'm making popcorn. (laughs) And even if it hadn't, Scream did this. And played it straight. I mean, that's why Scary Movie ripped on it. Because she had the Jiffy Pop on the stove and it ended up, like, smoking up the house. This movie takes so much from other movies. Like, such little things yeah. like that. She, They could have done anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they had Jiffy Pop on the stove, like, Scream and Scary Movie. 
and it like starts a house fire or whatever and she cuts her finger and then she faints oh no there is the cool supernatural moment her first like brush with the supernatural because she's trying to uh, run out and she gets like dragged back down the hallway oh yeah with, like a big like vroom. yeah and that's right before like neighbors and sh- the sh- cops shit run show in. up yeah to save her because her house is on fire. So, like, that's her first brush with, like, ooh, something might be wrong here. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, it's still very small potatoes for the runtime that we've hit in this movie. Because yes. I think we're, we like... We kept checking to see how far we were in the movie. <laughs> and we got very concerned because nothing was happening. And we were pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, before this happened, she had John throw out the Annabelle. She was That's like, right. They, she, they trashed the Annabelle doll. Yeah. Cause which, it was, uh, know. being held by the crazy. Yeah. It was a reminder of the, mm-hmm. that night. So, so she winds up in the hospital again because of the smoke and the, I guess the finger probably, she's probably, you know, that's, that's not fine. a determinant factor. And cause going to I'm hospital. sure all the stress of that night induced labor. It induced labor. Cause so. John shows up there not having left town. So that wasn't a necessary thing to, to dangle. Yeah. He could have just gone out for milk or something. Uh, he shows up the hospital and is like, I'm not leaving town anymore, baby. Also, we have a baby, baby. Uh, also, we don't have to go back to the house. We'll move. But then also they moved to Pasadena to get away from their haunted house. And Pasadena's haunted as fuck. It's the most occult city. Yeah. Take like Chelsea's word for where it. Where Pasadena is where the occult movement in like the mid century was happening. In Ever the hear United of a little States. man named Alistair Crowley? Alistair Crowley. He had a little little party house there. Ever hear of a little guy named L. Ron Hubbard? L. Ron Hubbard doing sex rituals in Pasadena. This is all true. I'm not this, Yeah, we're not making it's shit true. up. David yeah. Bowie? David Bowie? Would have hung out? Had, a, had an experience with like a demon in his pool or something? That would have... Oh, when they exercised they the pool? They exercised his pool. Was that, that Pasadena? Uh, I believe so, just because I feel like it was in the residence of Alistair Crowley, maybe. <laughs> Uh, regardless, it was during his. I would period have had of- such a good time in Pasadena in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, or sixties. That uh, no, it was the seventies. With Bowie. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Hubbard during- would have been er- much earlier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. well, see, that just goes to it's Pasadena a testament to Pasadena. Is, is, it's where it's where we want to live eventually. I love Pasadena. <laughs> yeah. Not for <laughs> it's, call it's also beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was Bowie's cocaine and milk and red peppers. Yeah. Phase. Anyway, so yeah, they they moved to extremely haunted Pasadena, <laughs> and the doll's back. When yep. they're unpacking, oh, how do you how do you have this, uh, this very likable, so intelligent character <laughs> explain this? Wait a sec, how, how did that get in there? I swear I threw it out. I don't know. Things must have got mixed up after the fire. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, things must have gotten mixed up after the fire. I guess I'll keep it now, even though. Was, see, that's the thing is these characters are uh, extremely likable because of the actors. They are made to do dumb things sometimes for plot reasons. Yeah. And this is one of them. Just keeping this fucking doll. Yeah. After it shows back up. And there's not even, they don't even bother to feign any confusion between the two of them. John walks in and is like, yo, I threw that doll away. (laughs) So this is about halfway into the movie. Yeah. And all Annabelle has done is sit in a rocking chair and make popcorn. And make popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is also around the time when we meet uh of <laughs> hey heads up oh. a very important character apparently. Okay. Kinda. Here's the thing we have to talk oh, about. Oh man, this sucks. 
Here, okay, so Annabelle, and this, you know, going into watching Annabelle, talking about Annabelle, I did not expect to have to talk about the fact that there's a magical black person in this movie. Yeah. What's and the trope called? Magical Negro. Magical Negro. But very often in movies, you'll have a singular black character who is basically there to either provide exposition or motivate the main character or characters to um, move forward on their journey. And they're always very wise, very... Spiritual. Kind, spiritual. Yeah, they have some access to something that the main characters don't. Like they have, yeah, some kind of spiritual connection. So I think the best example of this character is John Coffey from The Green Mile. And this is not to say you can't love that movie or these kinds of kids. Like I love that movie. I cry every fucking time. John (laughs) Coffey says that he's afraid of the dark and doesn't want the bag on his head. As film watchers and as film reviewers, it's just stuff you got to point out. Like it, we'd be bad reviewers if we didn't point oh, for this sure. out because it's such a crazy, glaring example of this trope. Yeah, and it's weird to have it in this movie that was made in 2014 yeah, and to have it I, so poorly done. It's very badly done because, like I said, this character Evelyn, played by Alfrey Woodard, Alfrey Woodard, who deserves Woodard. so much better than this. Yeah, this. Uh, so uh, heads up, I'm not super familiar with her filmography uh, as far as like I looked through it and I, I'm not like a big fan of anything that she's been in but it's a lot yeah she's an esteemed actress yeah she was she was in Hill yeah. Street Blues which yeah. is like uh, one of the most important te- television shows ever made Hill Street Blues man that's why TV drama is what it is now R.I.P. Steven Bochco yeah it was a forerunner to TV as art yeah uh, and she was in that. She's been in countless other things. Yep. As an activist, is like yeah. a very respected. And person. then in this movie, she plays a woman that the main characters meet halfway through. She pops out of a bookstore and is like, "Hello, I'm Evelyn. You moved in here. Here's my bookstore. We'll meet up again. We'll in meet 20 up later. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, her bookstore, she seems to specialize in magical books about." spirituality and occultism mm-hmm. what do you know yeah in their new building is they live below these kids who she runs into on the stairs it's a moment where there's some good baby acting that baby there's fucking says hi to those baby. kids yeah yeah i'm mia and this is leah yeah but when mia gets back home later she finds a picture that they were drawing and it's, it's her and uh, Leo, the baby, in a carriage. And she's like, oh, look, they left us something. And then, like, they're going up the stairs and there's more pictures. And, like, it, it's kind of moving. And then, like, the pictures start falling yeah. down onto the staircase of her. And it's, it's cool. It's really cool because the pictures slowly build up to a drawing of uh, a truck hitting the baby carriage. Yeah. And, like, wrecking this baby shit and Mia all distraught. But the editing in this scene is super weird. And it's yeah. just another thing where it's like, cool idea, kind of, uh, not great execution. I don't know, man. We finally do, around this point, get to see little girl Annabelle. Oh, yeah. So we see a little girl ghost. And this is when we start to get very confused because we see a little figure run across the apartment mm-hmm. and we think it's maybe the doll running around, but it's a little girl in a white dress. And this another very good scare. This is my number one. This is your number one? Well, you yeah. explain it then because it's cool. Because Mia looks up 
and she sees through a couple of doorways in another room further off this little girl ghost standing there. And it's a creepy image right there. I always love shots of stuff far away in the background. Me too. Standing still. Me too. It's the scariest shit. I love it. I love it. So that's creepy on its own. Then the little girl starts running at her through through these doorways while the uh, door to the room that she's in is slowly closing. And when the little girl hits that closing door, it briefly masks her for a second. And when the door like flies open again, she's not a little girl. She's Annabelle Higgins now. Yeah. Awesome scare. It's really cool. Great scare. My number one. Yep. And she like tackles Mia. It was terrifying. It was great. Uh, then I guess that ghost disappears and guess what? It's not a ghost. <sighs> it's, I still don't quite get this is so... what it is. Cause we, who do we even learn this from the priest? The priest who like so... priest kind of opened the movie because yeah, yeah, they yeah. were in church. So it would have made more sense to have the priest do the shit Be that Evelyn friend. did at the end. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Because then we wouldn't have a scenario of why is this character in this movie? Yeah. That's how you know a character is a trope or just like a badly written character and is there just for plot reasons. It's, you know, when you start asking, what is this person's deal? Yeah. Like, why are we yeah, spending yeah. time with them? I don't understand why they didn't just have, just have the, priest. the priest be the friend that helps them figure out what's going on. Or have Evelyn early on. I mean, I, I get that she's in Pasadena where they don't live in the start, but do something. You, yeah. can't, you can't have a character that important to the ending introduced halfway through the fucking movie and only briefly at that. And both with both the priest and with Evelyn, we weren't sure, is something up with them? Are they going to end yeah, up being... Yeah, both no, of them seemed weird. They're just face value. It's a face value priest. It's a face value magical black lady. Yeah. Uh, that's all they are. So, yeah, they're talking to the priest because, hey, there's ghosts. And cool John, like, you know, he he asks some questions. Are you sure that it's not a, a hallucination? I'm a doctor. There's science. But then he believes her. Yeah. Which is great. I'd like to believe I would do the same for you. Yeah. You know? But then scientist doctor says, no, we're not going to go see a shrink. We're going to go see the priest. Yeah. So. Well, it's the 60s. That's can't trust, true. Can't trust shrinks. No. It'll look bad. So then there's a sequence where Mia takes the apartment elevator down to the storage unit, which is like this creepy basement area. And this baby carriage rolls out of one of the storage units. And isn't there... There's like a thing in it, right? There's like, she hears a baby crying and there's a bloody blanket in it. And when she lifts up the blanket, there's not anything. Yeah. And she runs, she starts running towards the elevator. And when she looks back, there's this demon standing there. Yeah. It's super creepy. It's pretty cool. It's like a black fuzzy looking thing with horns. Yeah. And yellow eyes. We see him up close later and it's not great. He looks kind of like Nightcrawler. There's also a shot where he's uh, he winds up <laughs> upside down in front of her in the foreground of the frame, but it it's clearly like green screened yeah. and keyed and like just inserted in, which sucks. But this elevator sequence is really cool. Yeah, so she she runs back to the elevator, and when she gets in, she presses the door to go up. The door shut, 
and then they just open again and it's the basement again. And yeah. this happens a few times and it's so it's so good at building up dread because every fucking time that elevator door opens, I'm positive that that thing is going to be standing there or yeah. like its hand is going to stop the door from closing, but it, it never does. It's just... It's just the dark storage basement. Yeah, it's and then, so good. Yeah, a few times she'll she'll hit the button and the elevator will just not do anything and then the door will open. And then the last time she hits the button and the elevator like moves up, but then the door opens and it's still and it's down still there. it's still there, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that sequence was good. That's, that's well done. She makes a run for it after realizing the elevator won't work. And uh, she has to like run towards the demon and then veer off to go to the staircase. And then she's like running up the stairs and uh again it, this part looks re- it looks real weird i think the frame rate was different it looks like a weird soap opera it looks re- it's really, really bizarre weird. i don't yeah. know what was going on it looks like a tv show yeah it's not good i yeah. don't know why it's so weird i don't know <laughs> yeah. i don't know it sucks like if it, the audio version of this you won't be able to see so i'm not even gonna bother splicing in the clip but mm-hmm. it's, it's so weird. it looks bizarre. by the way there's a demon in this movie now oh yeah that, also yeah, we should point demon. that out hey uh hey does does that demon uh did we need that doll no. i mean i mean in movie the explanation in is, movie yeah, yeah we sure it. we get an explanation soon Kind of. But this is still at the point where we don't know why there's a doll in this movie because now there's a demon. Yeah. And this is this is the scare I was talking about where she gets to the top of the stairwell and looks around and the demon's just crouched on the stairs. and It's kind of far away. It's really creepy. But that's also when it pops in front of the camera. Yeah, that's when it pops in front of the camera. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. Uh, She goes to the cop. After this, she goes, sees that cop that they're talking to. He he name drops Conjuring. That's, yeah, Something that's about right. Conjuring up stuff. A little, little nod. Uh, but he just calls it a bunch of hocus pocus. And this pocus. is the cop that's investigating the murder of their neighbors from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he's nothing. So he knows all about Annabelle and what. So he comes over. Mia is like, I want you to tell me everything you know yeah so and he mentions the disciples of the ram disciples of the ram so this is when we learned that annabelle was in a cult yeah good to learn that at this point an hour into the movie yeah (laughs) yeah yep and that they were a satanic cult and they were trying to conjure something yeah and she's she takes that crime scene picture of the symbol this that was, they it's so <laughs> yeah, bizarre. Yeah, she looks this. she takes a look and she sees the symbol and blood that Annabelle wrote on the wall before she died. That's Annabelle Higgins, the cult daughter, the not cult Annabelle daughter, the not doll. The doll. And she's looking at this picture, it's a crime scene photograph. And she goes Then you won't mind if I uh, keep this one for myself. You can't do that. that lady, that's evidence. That's evidence, ma'am. <laughs> we do mind very much. <laughs> Who tells them about how ghosts are specific places? Is that Evelyn? Ugh, I don't remember. Or is that remember. the priest? Um, uh, I think Evelyn. Nope. It, it is Evelyn. Evelyn? Yeah. Because, okay, so what happens is Mia goes to the bookstore that Evelyn owns, mm-hmm. and Evelyn's like, oh, I have spooky books this way. Follow me. <laughs> and so they pick out a bunch of books about the occult, and they bring them back to, I think, Evelyn's apartment. We learn all about occultism with them and ghosts and and demons and why we need a fucking doll we finally learn why we need a doll in this movie because because, uh because it's it's a conduit it's not a ghost 
one, ghosts are uh, uh, tied to specific places, which is a thing, yeah. right? That's standard ghost lore. That's fine. And obviously, the, this spirit or whatever is not tied to a specific place because they moved. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but that means that it's not Annabelle Higgins's spirit in this doll. This is a demon. It is a separate thing. But then why is the is Annabelle yeah. running around? I don't know. Is why the is demon Anna- Annabelle? I guess the demon's impersonating Annabelle. Or maybe the demon just decided to like hitch or- a ride on human Annabelle. Yeah, now I'm confused. I thought I yeah. had this figured out. Now I'm no, like, no, no, no. So none is- of us do. It, okay, so it's okay, not a so ghost. Annabelle bleeds into the doll. Yeah, you know what? I'm starting to think that that. Oh, I was gonna say, is that a red herring? I don't know. No, that's how the mat because the symbol yeah. makes the magic happen. Yeah, the symbol makes the magic. So I no, I think it is kind of like her spirit. But it's not. They, I think they specifically say, it's not the spirit. It's a demon. But then why is it? Annabelle. I don't know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I, I, I don't, don't know. get it. It's this the doll. I don't think is possessed by the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. But I think it is. <laughs> because but, no, because because at the end when when the two nurses are talking to Ed and Lorraine Warren, they say they took the doll to a medium, and the medium says this doll's possessed by the spirit of a girl named Annabelle Higgins. So what the fuck? Then what? The de- then then the spirit the Annabelle Higgins possessed doll is just like uh holding the door open for this demon. That's what I interpreted it as. Okay, yeah, I guess it's that like is in the, for this in the, the afterlife Annabelle the person is basically yeah, holding a door open for a demon to come in. So the So the big problem here is the demon. Yeah. The Annabelle doll possessed by Annabelle Higgins is kind of like a little toady. She's just a helper for the demon. Yeah. But the movie's named after her. Yeah. So then why? Is the demon Belial? Is that who we're... They mention Belial. Belial gets a shout out. Belial, for me, is basket case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to cover basket case on the show. That'll channel. be fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like naming your movie Igor. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Once we post this, we will get so many people explaining it. Please do. And I know that people are gonna think we're too dummies for not getting it. But you know what? Your movie should be less confusing. Movie, yeah. We should be able to figure this out through <laughs> one sit through. It's uh, so weird. During this scene is also when they establish Evelyn as a proper character. You know, an oh, hour we get into this movie. Tragic backstory for Evelyn. Yeah, of her daughter having passed away when she was about Mia's age because uh uh a car accident car that accident. Evelyn's to blame for because I guess she was sleepy behind the wheel. She had distracted. Something like that. And she like, yeah, so she, or maybe she was drunk. I don't know. It's, I'm I don't not, think she was drunk. Well, she I, she said something about how she shouldn't have been driving. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it's spelled out more explicitly. Yeah. Uh, the car crash kills her daughter. 
She survives it. She tries to kill herself because this whole thing is kicked off when Mia notices a, a... She has like a big scar on her arm. Yeah. But then I guess when, right when she was about to die, she heard her daughter's voice saying, no, you got... It's not time yet. It's not yet. time yet. You got a purpose for this movie. Yeah. Uh, that you got to do so... in the end. So cool. That's her. Yep. That should have happened. Act one. Yeah. This fucking scene. Uh, Mia goes home. She takes Leah out of the carriage and the carriage falls back and gets hit by a truck. Just look in those pictures. I guess all this stuff is just the demon threatening Mia. Yeah. And we learn that the demon wants a soul. Yeah. And it's going after the baby because I guess baby souls are easier. Or it's ostensibly going after the baby. Yeah. Later on, we find out it actually wants Mia's soul. That's right. And is just threatening Leah's soul. Mia and Leah. Mia and Leah, yeah. uh, In order to get it. That's right, because babies cannot offer their soul. Yeah, you got to offer your soul. So the demon's trying to get Mia to basically go, okay, take me instead of my baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, we're good here because (laughs) it's an hour and, well, we're not good, but I'm back on track here. Uh, it's an hour and 10 minutes in, and this is when Annabelle moves. It's wow. It's when she sits up. Yay, she sits up. And hovers. What is it, an hour and 10 minutes in? It's an hour and nine minutes, to be exact. Yeah, She cool. sits up in the background of a shot and then hovers. Wow, And Mia looks Amazing. at her and screams, and that's it. Well, the demon's behind Annabelle. The oh. demon's holding it up. Oh. That's why I said it. the doll's not even fucking moving. It's just being lifted up. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was it's that. Like, it's like uh, Insidious style. It's like right behind it. I see. You know. This fucking doll. I know. And then, yeah, Mia just screams and then we, we're off. We're done with that. She screams at what she sees. Because then they're talking to the priest who's, who mentions the Warrens. That's right. The priest comes over and he's like, you know, I have two friends who are are really into this. They're on the East Coast. Wink, wink. But they can help you. So then the priest volunteers to take the doll. Yeah. He and takes her. He goes to church. Chelsea literally exclaimed, ew, when the ghost Annabelle showed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was, like, sitting in his car. Well, because what it is is the <laughs> is the priest has Annabelle. One, he, like, puts her in the passenger seat. Then he looks over and puts her in the back seat, uh, which kind I thought was play very funny. Yeah. Child's play, too. It is. Um, so he drives to the church. He grabs the doll and he starts walking towards the church. And we get this panning shot. Oh, but this, this is after the radio goes spooky. Yeah, the ooh. ooh. <laughs> We get the um, the uh, there's a panning shot from the the top like the church spire down to where the priest's car is parked and there's the ghost Annabelle lady sitting in the back seat and yeah I literally went ew because <laughs> she's so gross she looks like the dumpster man from Mulholland Drive oh I think that's why I said ew yeah <laughs> oh it was and it was the priest who mentioned hey it's a conduit the doll's a conduit oh, okay. thanks priest thanks priest. priest tries to get into the church. Then he gets like yanked away. Dressed up like he's in the exorcist, oh, by the way. Again, with the another thing. It's like blatant exorcist. Please. It's like nighttime shot street lamps. Like, come on. Yeah. Movie. Right before he's entering, right before he enters the church, he gets yanked back and thrown on the ground. And then there's a shot of like his blood pooling out yeah. and the doll lying there. And I'm like, okay, the priest is dead. Nah. He's he's next scene he's in the hospital. The doll gets taken by human ghost annabelle that's right yeah she takes the doll cool um 
still, even when we see the nuns in the hospital, I think the priest is dead. Yeah. And But then John is just working there, and he sees, he, like, goes into the room and is like, oh, the priest. Shouldn't John be like, oh, that priest who just left my house with the doll who is we thought was in possessed. in the hospital. He's in the hospital now. Where's the doll? That, yeah. And then later when the priest wakes up, John's, like, talking to him like he just, like, you know, this was a standard checkup in the hospital. Yeah. He's not like, hey, what happened to the doll? Yeah. That you left with before you wound up in the hospital. Yeah. He's definitely not alarmed enough. Yeah. Uh, so while John is dealing with the hospital-bound priest, uh, Evelyn's hanging out with Mia again. Oh, my gosh. And it's just more of... <sighs> there's more shit that should have been in Act 1. There's like a montage of them hanging out with the baby. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, like the baby's crying and Evelyn's like, oh, I'll go get her. And we're thinking Rosemary's baby type thing where I, Evelyn's like. Yes, I thought that Evelyn was going to be a bad guy. That would have been more fucking interesting. Yeah. Even though it would have been a blatant ripoff of Rosemary's baby. But like what else isn't? There's then spooky stuff happens because uh, there's like the spooky priest, like spooky version of the priest. Oh, yeah. And he's like, may God have mercy on your he soul. Shows, well, he shows up at Mia's door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not actual priest. No, it's... Because he's still in the hospital. Demon. Demon priest. What the fuck is going on? I don't know, dude. So then, yeah, maybe it's not Annabelle. <laughs> oh, no. Don't get confused. I think you had it. This When the priest wakes up in the hospital... He's, he tells John, it can't be after the baby's soul. A baby can't offer its soul. Yeah. When he says that, then we cut to Evelyn being like, I'll go take care of the baby. This one, I thought Evelyn was, a, I thought Evelyn was going to, going to do a, a, a Wishmaster Jin type thing where she tricks Mia into offering her the baby. Or, or I thought something. that just Evelyn was going to be down with Satan and be the person who offers the baby soul to him. Right. And the reason she had a scar on her arm earlier is because she's part of the cult or something. Something like that. No. I guess Mia uh, is going to get freaked out because uh, her there's a doll bloodbath in her doll room. Yeah. All these dolls are fucked up. Uh, then Nightcrawler's back. The Nightcrawler demon, he hops down from the ceiling. <laughs> there's this kind of silly Hitchcockian shot of her screaming at Annabelle. It's like the foreground of the shot is Annabelle's huge ass face. And then Mia's in the background. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? And then they answer with like on the on the window, written in very neat yeah. lettering, your soul in blood. I'm like, yeah. your on one window pane, soul on the other, and then it opens. Dude. Don't forget though that yeah. when Mia goes into her bloodbath nursery, uh-huh. and her baby, she can't find her baby. <gasps> and I know this. Oh. <laughs> so then she, I think she sees Annabelle in the crib, and she grabs Annabelle the doll and just starts <laughs> wailing on this doll, like hitting this doll's head on the crib and throwing it around. And then we see she like throws her she away. She throws it, and then we kind of look to where around where she threw it and leah's laying there the little baby yeah and we thought for a second that this movie was gonna fucking go there and just kill a baby we thought that it was a thing where she thought she was hitting annabelle and throwing her around but she 
accidentally killed her baby. Yeah. But no, that's not the case. Leo's fine. But Bo still, though, that moment. Was, that was insane. Yes, it was. We both. Because, like, she goes over and <laughs> cradles this baby. Yeah. And, it's and for, like, a minute. Very limp. <laughs> very yeah. limp baby. And we were both just like, oh, my God, this movie actually went there. But it didn't. Yeah, then it turns back into a doll, a different doll. Oh, that's doll. right. Then, like, the, the baby that she thinks is Leah, it starts laughing. It's and then she a, yeah, looks at it. It's a, it's a weird baby doll. We I don't know where the actual baby is at this point. I'm glad they didn't do that. It would have been a very weird tonal thing to it, just kill a baby. Like, and especially the way she was beating <laughs> yes, that doll it would have the been, crib. It, it would have been a little too much. Yeah. But. It was insane. So I guess good fake out. Good, since, like, yeah. It made us was aghast. Genuinely shocking. Without actually doing it. Yeah. So I guess that's Oof. good. Yeah. That was a terrifying moment. Yeah, it was. Uh, but it's not her baby. I guess that's the last straw. Yeah, because her baby's just uh, missing. Some, I, I don't know. Oh, I don't understand where oh, it goes. Oh, and before all this, Evelyn got knocked out. Just like tossed aside and knocked out. Yeah. Uh, so she can come back. Yeah, here, because John gets home from the hospital. Yeah, because the window's open. That's the, where it the, says, the, we want it, your soul. Yeah, the mm -hmm. your soul windows open up. And then, as if that wasn't enough, there's like this constant whispering of, your soul, your soul. Your soul. Yeah. Your so okay, we get cool. a demon. Yeah, yeah, So then Mia gets up on the windowsill and is, is going to jump. She has Annabelle in her hands, I think. She's holding Annabelle, yeah. So she's going to jump and like give the her soul to Annabelle. Satan. Yeah, the doll Annabelle, not, not a cult not lady Annabelle Higgins. or child Annabelle. Uh, <laughs> then John gets home from the hospital. He unlocks the door. So him and Evelyn both run back inside. Because now she's recovered just in time for this ending. Yeah. Because we need her for this Jesus ending. Christ, this ending. Uh, and yeah, because Mia's going to jump out the window to give her soul to Satan to save the baby. Yeah. Uh, but no, John talks her down. Well, and no, so does John Evelyn. grabs her. He doesn't even talk her down. He's like, no, he grabs her. And yeah. Pulls her back. And Evelyn, they both and try then, to talk so, her down. Yeah, Evelyn's so they like, talk her down. Your daughter needs a mom. Yeah. So then, so then John grabs Mia and is like, no, uh, I don't even remember what he says because all, all I can think about now is he, how he's like, he's like, we'll figure it out. We'll find a way. Yeah, okay. There's gotta be another way. Then you hear there, there is, is another, another way. way. And who's standing in the window. It's Evelyn. It's Evelyn. Character we met mm, 20 minutes ago. No, we met her about 40 minutes ago in a brief shot in but, church. And oh, then, okay. And then like, yeah, we we got to know her about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so character that, you know, we can't even tell if they're supposed to be a good guy or bad guy <laughs> or not. Now Evelyn is standing in the window holding Annabelle and uh, she jumps. She's she like, jumps. this is why I'm alive. This is why, yes, this is why my daughter told me it wasn't my time yet. It's so I could sacrifice myself to save so could, these people I just met. Yeah, these white people I just these, met. Yeah, bye. And then she jumps, and that's uh, that's it for Evelyn. What a, that, honestly, that ending and that character's role in the ending is what single-handedly uh, changes this movie from, like, inoffensively bad to pretty terrible. Yeah. I, I think the way that that character dies and what happens to her is what sealed for me that, yeah, this is like a pretty bad take on like the magical black person thing. Yeah. Because she lit that character literally exists just to give information to the main characters and then give her life and then give her life to save them. 
like, okay. Yeah, I would love to get a uh, screen time count of how much that character is on screen. Yeah, it's not a lot. She's it's on screen for, hi, I'm Evelyn. Hi, here's my tragic backstory so that you feel something when I kill myself at the end. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself now. That's oh, man. that character. Oh, and then here, I own this bookstore. Here's exposition in this aisle down here, <laughs> aisle four. All right, Annabelle, I don't, there's nothing more to say about this fucking movie. Oh, social media stuff, like and subscribe the podcast, rate it on iTunes, write reviews. That's all great. So check it out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. 